Thanks for joining us for another amazing message from C3 Church Calgary. Our hope is that our podcast will equip and connect you to Jesus. Now prepare your hearts to receiving something new from God today. I got a few, a little bit of time to share with you um, this morning, and I, our topic is open heaven. Uh, so let me um, let me get into it. Um, we we um, we're people of the word. I want to talk about the word of God and how it, how we handle the word of God. Um, help me, Holy Spirit. I just got a barrage of thoughts and I want to, I got a very short period of time. Um, part of the great commission for us is to go into all the world and preach the gospel. It's one of those uh, things that we don't compromise on in all the world. Currently, as, as um, C3 Global, we have 535 uh, locations. Um, two weeks ago, plant, we planted four, f- six churches in Bangladesh. It's amazing what, what is happening around the world. There's a great move of God, and the wind of the Spirit's blowing. It's magnificent. Um, further on, and then, and then it says we're to baptize people, which we're going to do this morning. In fulfillment of the Great Commission, we're going to baptize people. And, and then it says to teach them to obey all that I have commanded you. Those first two are comparatively easy compared to that last one. Teach them to obey. Anybody who has children, teaching them is easy. I mean, imparting information to them is easy. Teaching them to obey. I know. But you know what, how, how hard is it just for you to obey? let alone teach someone else to obey. There's Kimberly Smythe from New Zealand. Welcome. So good to see you. Welcome back. So, <clears throat> so sometimes we think, so let me engage you, both, both sides of your brain for a minute. Sometimes we think that reading the Bible will change us. I have found that it won't. <clears throat> Simply reading the Bible will not change you. Um, There are people who spend their entire life studying the Bible, but don't choose to change. It requires not just the reading of, or can I say the study of, but it demands the obeying of. They're quite different. Senior minister, when I first started in pastoral ministry, said people change, but not very much. I I have found that to be awkwardly true, mostly in my life, because we resist change. So so how is reading the Word, studying the Word, how do we get the Word of God to change us? Because it is, we're told, powerful and sharp. One version says it's sharper than the sharpest knife. How can you be sharper than the sharpest? Well, because it does more than just cut flesh and bone. It actually separates soul and spirit. So, <clears throat> so what happens for me when, I, when I'm reading the scripture, here's what I re- need to try to remind myself. There's the purpose of the scriptures is not simply for the study. It's not simply for us to read and enjoy the history. But it's meant 
for you and I to come into a relationship with the living God. Whenever we read it outside of a relational context, it actually loses its meaning because it becomes an academic exercise for us. And even though it's great to be intellectual at times, it's much more important that we read the Word of God for transformation, not information. So, if that's true, then that means that, that the revelation or what's revealed to us is relational. Now, now I found this to be very true. In Deuteronomy 29 and verse 29, it says the secret things belong to God, but those things that are revealed to us are for us and our descendants. The things that have been revealed to you and I are not just for you and I, they're meant to be transferred generationally. Here's my question. What has the Lord revealed to you? What, is, what are your revelations? What's he revealed to you from your time in the word and your time in life? And who of your descendants are you passing that along to? Maybe I should ask this question. Who passed it along to you? Because revelation is relational. Take your Bibles and turn with me to John chapter 5. I was... uh, I'm going to read verse 39. Of course, if we had a little more time, we'd read the whole chapter. It's, It's wonderful. But it says, you search the Scriptures, Jesus said, you search the Scriptures because you believe they will give you eternal life. But the Scriptures point to me, yet you refuse to come to me so that I can give you this eternal life. He's saying that it's not enough that you study the scriptures, but, but that they lead you to an encounter with the living God. This is very important, that they lead you to an encounter. <clears throat> Let's be people of the word, but not for the word's sake only. I, uh, at Christmas time, I was behind a lady at... Um, at, at um, a store, she was bringing back an exercise ball, and she said, I need to return this, it doesn't work. (laughs) The ball won't work unless you work it. (laughs) It's the same with the scriptures. For someone to come to me and say the word doesn't work, here's here's the issue, is you're not working the word. They work. So our topic of open heaven, in Psalm 119, verse 89, it says, Your word, O Lord, is settled in heaven. That's not good enough. It needs to be settled on earth. So you and who, who settles the word on earth? That's you and I. So his word is already settled and established, and it's perfect. But how, are we, how do you work the word is more my question. Um... Sometimes we think that maybe, maybe we could just binge a little bit. Okay, I haven't read the word for six or eight weeks. I'm just going to read it now for three or four days. <laughs> doesn't, doesn't work with exercise. Doesn't work with food. Doesn't work with sleep. Doesn't work with the word. We, can I just invite you to an encounter with the living word every day? <laughs> If you, if you haven't been doing that for months, don't, don't, don't just try and binge. Just start today. 
Make an appointment with the Holy Spirit that you're going to engage every day. Further down, it says that in chapter 6, it says, yet it's not so, uh, it says, but if you had believed Moses, you would have believed me because he wrote about me. And since you don't believe what he wrote, how will you believe what I say? Let me make a statement because there's some crazy thinking right now among different um, groups of people that try to tell us that the Old Testament's not important. The Old Testament is every bit as current now as it ever was. <laughs> the Old Covenant is old because now there's a new covenant. A covenant is how we relate to God. So think of it this way. If you went, got into a covenant relationship of marriage and, and, you, and you moved into the same house, but you didn't have a relationship, you simply had a smile now and again. Once a week you'd get up and you'd sleep in separate rooms, you'd be in, eat at different times, you'd do, you really wouldn't have a relationship. What you would have is sort of an arrangement. How long could you take that? Because eventually something's gonna happen. You're gonna say, ah, oh, this isn't working. Yeah, it's because you're not working. I, it breaks my heart when I see people that say, well, I've tried church. No, no, you haven't. You, you, just, you just had some idea and showed up now and again, but you never got involved. You never engaged yourself. He says, here's what he says. He says that, that and, and, and this is all the New Testament writers, when they were referring to the Word of God, they were not referring to the New Testament. It hadn't been written yet. In Hebrews, when it says the Word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword, he's not referring to the book of Hebrews or the Gospels. He's referring to li likely the first five books of the Bible, which were dictated by God himself. He's referring to the Torah. That in, he, and, and he's saying, Jesus is saying to them here, he said, because you didn't see me in the book of Moses, you're not going to see me now neither. We should search the scriptures because there is not a part of the Bible that doesn't declare that our need of a savior is there. <laughs> and our, our requirement of being in relationship with the living God is demanded of us. The entire Old Testament was based on faith. That's why in Hebrews chapter 11, he says, all these guys, they were men of faith. Whenever, when, and, and so just, 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 that's really important. <laughs> But, what, but, but, but here's, my, here's what I found in my life, is that I had learned at a young age what we, sh what we should do. Is anybody, was anybody part of um, when you would travel around and repeat scriptures? VBS? Yeah. Uh, no, but that's okay. <laughs> no, I was thinking of something similar where you go quizzing. Is that what it was? Quizzing, right? And you go and repeat it. Yeah. So, so could you quiz and not have a relationship with God? What are you doing? You're just taking information, memorizing it, spitting it back out again. We, 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 we can all do that if we're not careful. We think that memorizing scripture will change us. Man, many people memorize scripture. But here's what the Bible memorizes, even, even if we memorize promises, I realize I'm Getting myself out on a little plank here, I know. Some of you are waiting for a splash. I know, I know that you can, here's what happens when you memorize promises. It's called positive thinking. It still hasn't transformed 
you on the inside out. So, so how, how do I get around that? How do I make it work? How do I, um, how, when, it, when he says in Psalm 119, how, how that your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. What's the requirement? The requirement is I let his word direct me. Not that I simply have it in my little melon. It needs to be someplace else. It needs to be directing my life. And so, so how, how do we make that happen? I think that um, there's a lot of things that, that because they take work and they take time, we simply bypass them. Allowing the word to work in your life requires, it demands time. Here's what I found out is that I'm not, first of all, I'm not a student. I'm first of all a disciple. And they're different. A disciple is a student, but a student may not be a disciple. A disciple is one who follows. So, so for you and I, it demands that we, that we follow. We not just memorize, but that we follow. In Hebrews chapter uh, 13, it requires us that the word of God is unchangeable and that nothing existed, nothing existed that he didn't make. The word of God is not, was not, first of all, for communication. It was for creation. When no one was listening, he spoke. The word, the word of God has that much power, and it also, everything is held together. It's the sustaining force uh, uh, right now on the earth as well. Jesus said, the words that I speak to you, in chapter 6 of John, and verse 63, the words that I speak to you, they are spirit. So, so sometimes we, I have thought that the, word, that the logos of God was simply the written word, and the rhema of God is the spoken word. The logos can be spoken as well. The logos of God, the word of God, is actually everything that came before the word that was spoken, and every intention after. It is the entire line of thought, the logic of God behind the words that are spoken. When it says in John chapter 21, the last verse of John, it says, I suppose if everything that was written about Jesus, that we wouldn't have enough libraries to contain it. Therefore, the words that are contained are very, very strategic and very, very accurate and very precise. Today, my daughter's, it's my daughter's birthday. <clears throat> uh, it's, it's actually both of my daughter's birthday. Isn't that interesting? So that doesn't mean anything, it's just cool. But, but you know, I woke up this morning and I go, gosh, like, great timing, Lauren, way to go. Give myself a little uptick. I think it's interesting, I don't know what it means. When I read through the scripture and you come across things that are interesting, the Holy Spirit is going and he wants you to say la. And he doesn't want you to skim over it and simply read it. He wants you to dive in head first. There are layers in the word of God that unless you take time with them, you will never understand their meaning. It'll be confusing to you. When I look in the, the book of 1 Corinthians and it says that we look at things that are unseen. I go, wow, that's awesome. But then you stop from it and you go, how's that work? How can I look at something I can't see? And it sort of pulls you in, you know what I mean? It kind of draws you in. You go, hey, something's going on here. That, that's, 
That's an invitation of the author into relationship. There's over 120 different translations of the Bible, none of which are perfect. They require the Holy Spirit's activity and his breath and his life because every one of them were written with a bias. Which, which translation is the best? Yours, you're a living epistle. It used to be, Bibles used to be called the book of experience because they were never meant to be simply studied and memorized. They were meant to transform our lives. They were meant to integrate with us and change our spiritual DNA. So how does that work? Well, I'm glad you asked, because in the next four minutes, I'm gonna give you a really spectacular little, little talk. When, when we come across the verse in Romans chapter 12 that it says that we're to present our bodies as living sacrifices, have you ever wondered what a living sacrifice is? I mean, because sacrifices typically aren't alive. So when you come across, a li- you see, but you and I now are living sacrifices, what does that mean? What, I mean, does that mean I'm alive or dead? The answer is, uh-huh. And somehow in in God, because spiritual things are not easily communicated in English. They need to be spiritually tra- discerned. How does that work? In the, in the book of Psalms, it says that he sent his word to heal. I go, yes, but then I go, just a minute, I need healing. How does that work? Well, first of all, you have to come to the word and believe that what he says is true. And if it's not working in your life, it's not the word's fault. So something has to change, and it's not gonna be the Word of God. It's gonna be the reader of the Word of God. So how does that work? Let me just give you my my quick little, uh, some quick thinking. Um, All through the scripture, um, we're reminded how that we're not simply to read it and to skim over it. I I think that there's 13 words that refer to stop and digest reflect, ponder, meditate. There's words that, that, that remind us that what we're to do is not simply charge through and read a passage for its historical content. It's meant to get on the inside of us. This is just like at the Oscars when this happens, isn't it? I know, they're, pl- they're, they're, <laughs> they're playing me down. In, it, it, so he, here's, here's what we need to learn to do. I suggest this has been the best thing for me, and I still work at it really hard. It's about meditating in the Word. Not on the Word, but in the Word. See, so you and I, in um, 2 Corinthians 2.10, it says that you and I, now f- for you and I, every one of the promises are yes, and amen in Christ, not in Lorne. So it's only to the extent that you are in Christ and not as Christ historically, but Christ having died, was buried, rose again, and now has inherited all that the Father has for him. This is a picture for us. So whenever you meditate on the word, do not leave Christ out of your meditation. That's why I can go through, I can read comfortably now all of the blessings from Deuteronomy chapter 28 because they are in Christ. For me, they're in Christ. So what do I do? I have to take the, I have to take the word of God 
and I have to bring it into my world for Lorne, and I need to begin to experience and encounter that word in my life. <clears throat> healing, healing, you know that your bodies are being renewed regularly. I think our liver is renewed every 21 days. You have to take the word of God, unless there's a miracle, a creative miracle, which he does. You have to take the word of God, hold its truth for 21 days if you have a liver issue. Until, why? Because it's being, it's, you're sending directions to, because I need a new liver. Are you, are you hear what I'm, the Lord said to me one day when, one of my first healing experiences was, he says, do you know how it, no, he asked me this quite directly. How does it feel to be healed? This is what happens in meditation. We begin to experience the word of God in our, in our current context. And you might say to me, well, I, that, uh, I don't know how to meditate. Yeah, yeah, you all, we all meditate. You just think of the last bill you got a few weeks ago and it was big. What happens? You think about it and there was an emotion connected to it. Am I right? Yeah, so that, that's, all, that's all meditation is. It's reversing the negative and it's pulling heaven, heaven's promises, into your experience. You can live beyond your current reality because we're people of vision. Do you know how it feels to be whole? In meditation, you meditate until you go, oh, oh, that's how it feels. You know, can, can you think of a, a, a previous positive experience? Meditation, and you begin to feel it. In meditation, you feel the Word of God because it's alive. My Bible says that it is an incorruptible seed. When I have an incorruptible seed in me, all it needs is an environment that's suitable for it to germinate and bear fruit. Your life is a result of the seeds that you have sown. It, this is a perfect science. You say, I didn't sow depression. No, you probably sowed some anger and it's just turned into depression. How does it feel to have no days of depression? Now live there, and pretty soon you'll find out, once the Word of God gets established in you, that He says that joy comes every morning for you. How does it feel to be filled with joy every morning? After a few days, you know what'll happen? You'll get up filled with joy, and you'll go, so wow, good day, yeah. You've traded beauty for ashes. You've given up that old man, and you've got a hold of the new man. We're about to put some old men, carnal men, women under the water of baptism and they're to come up new. I'm going to believe for miracles in their life that any habits, any addictions, any ungodly thoughts, any unholy background, attitudes, issues, whatever, I'm going to believe as we obey the word of the Lord and baptize that they're going to come up different. Not just wet, different. So, Father, I thank you that your word is alive, it's powerful, that it's able to separate and cut through spiritual and soulish issues. Father, today I thank you that as we baptize these men and women in faith today, that we gather our faith to see a transformation, spirit, soul, and body. I pray for the miracle of the new creation, Lord, to be seen and felt in them today in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. Get ready for a powerful moment.
Sunday.